You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? Hope you're not too hungover from your 420 holiday. I was doing the air quotes on both of those things. Thanks for checking out this episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast, the best metal and hardcore podcast on the internet. We welcome you if you are new, and if you have been checking us out, thanks for sticking around. We had a busy week this week, you know? We had Iced Earth John Schaefer pleading guilty to two charges. We had Mike Kim postponing the tour till 2022. And you know, not everything is bad. Mudvayne is coming back. They announced reunion concerts. However, that's not the only news we have. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to start releasing our monthly new segment of the Van Flip called The Breakdown. It's where we review albums that come out that month, and we'll revisit a couple albums that came out in years past as well. So look forward to those coming out every month or so in the next couple weeks. Now, one of the perks of doing this gig is every now and then we get to, you know, align with a iconic person or band. And this just so happens to be one of those episodes. I mean, if you don't know who the Melvins are, then you've been living under a rock for the last 30 plus years. They've influenced a long list of bands and genres. I mean, the band even released its like something like 32nd album this year, Working With God in February, and it's great. So of course, we're going to wake up early on a Sunday morning and Zoom Buzz Osborne because it's damn worth it. But before we go ahead and kick off the show, if this is your first time checking out the podcast and you enjoy the content, please go ahead and give us a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening to us. Maybe even give us a follow. All those things help us out in the podcast algorithm. Visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore and metal related. Follow Lambgoat on social media. Head over to Facebook and give us a like. And on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at Lambgoat. Head over to Lambgoat's YouTube page and you can catch all these episodes in video format plus other Lambgoat bonus content. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell so you're always notified when new content is uploaded. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Go ahead and search Lamgo on Spotify and you can find all of our monthly playlists. And if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lurk City. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. You can go ahead and tweet me how bad I suck or who I should have on the show next. Just a reminder, you can find all of our guests' links and all of our links in the show notes, so make sure you check that out. Let's roll that show, baby. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is good stuff. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. I looked at my ID and realized that I was a year younger than I had been writing down on things for like the last five years. <laughs> oh. You've been doing stupid. yourself a disservice. I know. That's how fucking stupid I am. You know? Like, oh, <laughs> shit. I was, I've been writing, if you want to say, you know, write down your birthday. I've been writing the wrong year down for, I've been for like four years. Well, that's, that's cool. So you get, you get like an extra year of life. Get an extra year. That shows you how much I care about that stuff. Almost none. <laughs> Birthdays I can't remember. I can only remember my wife's because it's day after tax day. <laughs> that's yeah, good that's though. I, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> dates either. Yeah. Sorry, I can't afford to buy anything this year because <laughs> I had to pay taxes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that reminds too. me. I got to do mine. Fuck. Taxes are all year, man. That's how it works. All year. I don't worry about it till like two weeks before, and then every year I'm like, next year I'm going to get started earlier, and I don't. <laughs> I usually put it off till October. <laughs> you have to think about it with extensions, but you have to think about it and think about it and think about it, you know, the whole time. Especially around a business, it's like, you know, if I start doing that stuff, I'll be in real trouble. Yeah, for Look sure. They did Al Capone. They didn't even catch him for murder. They nailed him for taxes. Right? That's all they could get him on. That's, that's, that's Costner. Kevin Costner nailed his ass. 
That's how stupid cops are. They can't bl- they can't get him for anything other than that. <laughs> That's true. But they didn't have, you know, technology back then. And they didn't have Rico and all the tools they, can, they now have. They, they beat confessions out of people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I still couldn't do it. <laughs> all right, I Dave. Think, I think Sorry. Anyway, on a tangent now. It happens all no, the time. I, I, don't, I just don't want to miss, uh, since I don't think we've actually recorded anything, I don't want to miss. Oh, no, I kept it. We're, we're in it. We're in it to win it now. Oh, okay. I, we're Sorry. in it. We are here with, uh, with Buzz Osborne of the Melvins, legendary uh, rock band that could be technically, you know, uh, coined with the inventors of the doom sludge metal uh, genre that we kind of that are so prevalent and it's not often that i have a band on the show that is like slightly older than me uh you guys were yeah. formed in 83 and early 83 and i was born in late 83 so it's it's kind of a yeah. whole thing don't tell me <laughs> well you guys you guys just had a, a new album come out as well um yeah. uh, working with god Working working with God. God. And that came out late last month on the 26th, and uh, that was your yep. 24th studio album as a band. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. You guys are just constantly working over the years. I'll take your word for how many it is, because I'm not counting. So. And also, I, I see, like, all kinds of different numbers. It depends on how you count albums, too. You know, what's an album? Some people go, well, that's not really an album. Uh, okay. What is exactly is an album? I don't know. How many songwriting credits do you have? I would say that I have written and recorded um, north of 400 songs. Wow. Crazy. You know, probably. That sounds about right to me. You know, um, I think we've recorded probably 500 plus. Probably, you know. Well, with streaming revenue at two cents a piece, uh, that's a lot of dollars. Hundreds of dollars will roll in every year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Keep getting those checks. Uh, no, I'm basing the the studio album number off of uh, the the uh, the verified words of Wikipedia. So it could be it could be in well, there you go. disinformation. But well, you know, my Wikipedia page is uh, I would say mostly fallacy. My Wikipedia page. If I look at that, I've never. I don't know who does that stuff. I have no idea. I think the who internet does that stuff in there. Certainly not me. You know, but I would say most of it's nonsense. They have there's hints of truth to there to in it to some degree, but um, the things that they're writing down is you know verified fact, especially about me. It's just nonsense. I, I prefer to leave it that way because I like to have let the internet internet have a life of its own. Right. You know, uh, although it is a little interesting that people are allowed to kind of like edit that kind of page. Cause it is kept up by like the internet for the most part. And there are like moderators I'm, I'm assuming, but it is crazy how, how much fallacy is allowed to be uh, on there. But well, I, I feel mean, like even the written word is, is not necessarily true. You know, newspapers, all those kinds of things aren't true. I mean, sure. ever have written, you know, uh, uh, we have to rewrite this, you know, here's an update on this forever. That's always been the case. You know, yeah. whenever you something, they'll write, you know, uh, volcano explodes, 30,000 people dead a day later, uh, 10 dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a constant struggle between selling newspapers and reporting the truth. And I think yes, uh, a lot of yes. facts get lost in that shuffle. Yes. And the problem with the Internet now is that people can just go back and edit themselves. You know, like news stories or whatever. Oh, we never said that. I don't know what you're talking about. We weren't homophobic. We weren't Nazis, whatever, you, you know. They can just change it all. Just change it all right, right online. And there it is, you know, the New York Times website. I don't know. How, how much do you think they're editing in old stories all the time? That's a good point. You know? Nobody who's it. watching. Any of it, any of it, any of it. None of it. Yeah. So, well, just, uh, I didn't think that you were sitting there editing your own Wikipedia page. No, no, I, no. I did peruse it this morning. Uh I don't remember reading anything particularly sensational. I think, you know, a lot of our, I'm sorry. It's not sensational. It's just not true. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, I think a lot of our, you know, our audience is on the, the younger side, younger than we are for the most part. I um, hope so. Well, yeah, that would be frightening if they were all. Older than that, I, I guess. Uh, and my but, social security check to buy this new <laughs> 
It's great. I think the, the, the most, uh, probably, you know, your average 28-year-old Nirvana-wearing T-shirt music fan, you know, would be like, oh, wow, Wikipedia says that Buzz introduced Dave Grohl to Kurt Cobain. I'm assuming that's true. That's true to some degree, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know? But now it would be a 38-year-old guy wearing a Nirvana shirt, 28 years well, they've, they've had a bit of a, the, the whole sheet t-shirt game has had a bit of a, uh, you know, resurgence. I feel like, you know, that's much like uh, when we were younger. Uh, I don't know what shirt people would wear to be, uh, be, wearing to be a rebellious. Me wearing a Hendrix shirt in high school. Okay. Right? Yeah, my friend, so. I'm not friends. I didn't have any friends. When the people around me were all wearing uh, REO Speedwagon shirts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember them. I don't want to wear one of those shirts. <laughs> you know? Uh Who's the who? Does anybody call you Roger ever? No, I've never okay. been called Roger. Only by uh, people who don't know me. You know, so if I ever hear that name, it's it's like at an airport or it's a right the DMV police person. You know, uh, uh, but um, I've been called Buzz since I was a, just a few days old. Oh, really? Right. My dad's name is Roger, even though I'm not a junior. I have a different middle name, and my grandmother said that's going to be confusing. Let's give him another name. And so my dad had just had a friend of his a few months before that named Buzz who died in a drunk driving in a car accident. And I was named after him. Okay. So they go, we'll name him after him, you know? And so his name was Buzz Guidel. That's the truth. Drunk, thrown out of a car, car rolled on top of him to where he couldn't move and he drowned in a mud puddle. Ooh. Wow. Well, that's a that's named after. That's a tragic uh, backstory to your name. <laughs> that's it. Nobody, no one would ever guess that. And that's certainly no. it was on Wikipedia. Yeah, I didn't see that on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, I might, I'm going to add that later. Yeah, yeah, we're going to so, add that. Everybody, uh, um, but I might be lying about that too. So, Although it would be a good story if I just came up with off the top of my head. That'd be pretty good. You know? Yeah, kudos to you if you just made that up. I just made that up. <laughs> nowhere. But uh, uh, so Roger is, is not a name I'm familiar with. You know, some people will call me that like they think it's going to irritate me or like they think – Right. I called myself Buzz, and so as a stage name, but, you know, I would have had the thought of that stage name when I was about four days old. So, you know, I think I had other things on my mind, like eating and shitting at that shitting, point. Yeah. yeah. Probably more shitting after that. So, yeah, shitting, uh, then eating. Stage names were not something I'm coming up with. But when people say it to me, it doesn't irritate me because it doesn't mean anything to me. Right. I don't hear it. It's just like, that's my name is Buzz, so I've always been called yeah, you know that makes sense. So well, people think, "Hey, Roger!" Like I'm gonna go hide it. <laughs> right. Doesn't mean it, you might as well be calling me George. You know, it means about the same. Yeah, yeah, it's my lead name, but I've never tried to hide that. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you know, like your well, name is, Yeah, technically it is. So your mother's maiden name is what? You know, cares. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Well, do you give a shit about? Uh, the before Melvin's? No, I don't care. Because I see that, you know, the, the inconsistencies everywhere, and I've always wondered if that, that rankles someone in the Melvin's camp or Melvin's camp when that, that uh, pronoun shows doesn't up. doesn't upset me in the, in the least. Article, Just, I guess. I'd hope I ha- I'd have my, my mind would be on bigger things than that. You know? Yeah, I would hope. I just want to make sure before I accidentally then no, say, the Mel- oh, Melvin. I, I don't care. I don't care. And then that King Buzzo, that was a name that was given to me by uh, the guys at Boner Records and the distributor because of my uh, um, uh, over-the-top opinions about everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) So they were like, we'll just call you King. (laughs) I'm stuck. Do you have a huge huge music collection? Excuse me? I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, go ahead. Uh, I just asked if you had a, a... do you have a huge music collection? Uh, what do you mean by huge? Uh, I, mean, I just—I guess I'm picturing a room where you have, you know, eight thousand vinyl records. <laughs> no, I don't have any vinyl. I sold my vinyl a long time ago. Wow. Okay. I don't uh, particularly care for vinyl myself. Right. But having said that, I don't care how people listen to my music. It doesn't bother me. If we'll make vinyl for people. It's fine. It's fine with me. You know, I like the artwork. I like the. The, uh, the way it looks and I like the colored vinyl. I like all of that stuff. I think all that stuff is cool. And I do have a few records, like a handful of records I saved because I thought the record sleeves were cool or whatever. And my wife is a graphic designer and she saved a lot of that kind of stuff. Like as you know, um, this is a great cover. Let's keep right. it. You know, 
but not very many. And, and uh, I prefer CDs personally. I think that they sound way better. And um, that's one of my music collection is if I want something, I'll buy it on CD. I don't really stream music. Um, not that I wouldn't, but um, you know, I have a really nice stereo at home with a studio NS10 set up with it that I listen to all of our stuff on. If I bring home, uh, you know, uh, when we're recording, I'll bring stuff home and uh, uh, listen to uh, rough mixes and stuff on it. And it's fucking kick ass stereo. So I have an over the top bonus stereo. That's probably a lot better than most people's home stereos. Right. And uh, um, so when I put a CD on, uh, you know, manufactured CD of one of my favorite records and crank that thing, it sounds fucking awesome, you know, totally awesome. Yeah. So that's what kind of hooked me on it. And I ab my vinyl collection against my CD collection for years before I decided to just, you know, I just don't ever listen to these. Just don't, I don't care about it. And then I moved into, moved from an apartment into a house. Um, when my record collection sat in boxes for nine years in my, in my garage, I realized that I don't need this. Yeah. It's, it's a logistical so, pain in the ass. Well, it's that, but I mean, I have lots of, I collect lots of stuff. So I understand collecting. It's not that I'm against having a lot of stuff because I'm not against having a lot of stuff. I have a ton of shit, but um, um, mostly meaningless stuff to other people. But, um, but uh, so I sold the entire collection except for my seven inches to one guy. And I said, you have to come over and you have to get all of it. You cannot just cherry pick it and leave me with a bunch of shit. You know, <laughs> no way. You buy the whole collection and then I will give you a good deal on it. But you come and get it, you know, and if you don't want this shit, take it to eat, take it to Amoeba or sell it somewhere, you know, fine with me. I don't care. Sold it to him, and then later down the line, I picked out the most expensive seven inches that I had and sold those separately, and then sold the entire rest of the collection to him. Wow. Okay. And I do never regretted it one minute. Well, I will. I do have to say thank you for saying that you prefer CDs over vinyl because I also am a big CD over vinyl kind of guy, and I got back into collecting CDs recently. So, oh, yeah, CDs don't cost shit. Yeah, especially now, so it's good. Until the you know the young kids are gonna get a hold of them, and then the price will go up, and we'll we'll go back to paying a lot more for CDs. Well, I mean, the thing the thing about it is with vinyl, you you're gonna pay twenty five bucks at least for a decent record. You know, twenty five bucks at least. You know, even if CDs doubled in price, you're not gonna be twenty. They're not gonna be twenty five bucks. 25 bucks for crap vinyl. That's what you're going to pay, you know, for crap. And most vinyl is about the same. I mean, the thing is, I don't, usually don't get into this argument, not that I'm arguing with you, but I have had this conversation with lots of people about this. And, um, and I'm just like, you know, you're just hearing things that aren't there. You, you think you hear something that's yep. not there. Yep. You sit on a mastering session with a, ma- a guy that masters records. He will show you exactly what he cannot put on the vinyl that he can put on the CD. There it is. He'll show you on an oscilloscope. There's the low end for the CD. There's the low end I have to cut off to get onto the vinyl. Yeah, that frequency range is not there. And I, I, never, there. I never got the people that, you know, these audiophiles that swear by, you know, vinyl, the pristine uh, playback of vinyl. I, I've never heard that. I don't, I, don't I mean, look, if you've got a good stereo... And you enjoy vinyl, and you have a nice turntable. Vinyl sound, you know, that's what keeps you off. Who am I to tell you? You know, it's fine with me. It doesn't bother me if that's how you want to listen to it. Because in reality, when you think about it, most people listen to shitty MP3s. That's how yeah. or they listen to YouTube for music through their right. crappy stereos or their computer speakers. So, audio files. You know, it's like okay, and that's what I always love too. Well, look, here's you can buy the vinyl, and we'll include a download card. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. Well, for that reason, coupled with the, the just the pain in the ass that is putting on a vinyl record when compared to a CD, I'm, I'm with you. Oh, my God. Too. Much well, rather that, CDs. You know, the guy oh, that engineers our stuff. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, no, go ahead, please. The guy that engineers our stuff is on board with us about all this stuff. And we, the thing that's funny about that is we've spent a lot of time on this issue. We've, we've wasted a lot of time researching and thinking and listening and A, B, a million, a million different kinds of ways on all this. And the conclusion that we've come to is that the CDs are the best, best way to listen to music if you want to really hear it. Now, for convenience, I think uh, uh, I'll, take my, I'll take my iPod with me on tour simply so I can carry thousands of songs that I've burned off my own CDs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
I'll do that. The streaming services don't have enough for me, you know, I by agree. and large. I agree. Not enough stuff. I want to hear weirder stuff than that, general. You know. Well, well also tell me. I just want to. You saved a pristine copy of Locust Abortion Technician on vinyl, right? No, sold all that. Uh, Why? I don't know. That, that I, you know what it is. I think when I was growing up, when I was a kid, my sister. That was the first vinyl record I remember her having, and that that very uh, colorful cover uh, just always no, had a special place in my heart. And if I had it in my possession, I don't think I could part with it. But obviously, <laughs> I'm not Buzz Osborne. So. <laughs> I you know. I mean, the thing is, it's like it's like with stuff like that, you kind of look at it and you go, "Do I need this? I don't need it. I have so much other stuff. I collect. All, I understand the collecting mentality. I understand it. What makes collecting cool? And all the collectible vinyl stuff that we do, we go about it with that attitude. We want to make something that's cool. It's it's kind of like the vinyl, the collectible vinyl toy world, which is, yeah, we didn't make thousands of these. We didn't. Because we want to make it special for the people who right. get it. Yep. That's it. You know, and if you want it, just like, you know, they don't make a Cadillac for every person in the U.S. They don't. That's <laughs> you know? true. So who's, who's... – Only a certain amount of people can buy these. It's not an elitist thing. It's more of a cool thing. Keep people interested in what you're doing. The music is available. The music is the most important thing. If you want it, somebody has instantly – or either us or someone else has instantly put it up online. You want to hear it, there it is. Free, you know. So if you if you want something cool, then you it's, that stuff gets expensive. And if you look into how much a vinyl record costs to make and the pain in the ass it all is, it's a giant undertaking. We're making silk screen covers and all kinds of other crazy shit like that, and and uh, um, really cool vinyl itself, which is which I think looks great. And and we're trying to make something special for people, but it's not going to be millions. <laughs> it's no. not going to be millions, you know. So. You know, if I go by what's on the internet, which is like what a lot of people's opinions are, then <laughs> you can never make everyone happy no matter what you do. We can include the vinyl albums, sell them for a dollar a piece with a hundred dollar bill taped under the back of it, and someone will bitch. <laughs> you know, it's just no nothing doubt. To do. Nothing you can do. So I just have given up on that. And I just think, you know, if you want to bitch about us. You think we're the enemy that a band like us doing the things that we do and as weird as we are, we're the enemy. Well, you can just fuck off. <laughs> you know, just well, fuck I, off. I there's mean, plenty of people out there that will satisfy your milk toast bullshit. Is that don't look? To it, you know? That seems like that seems like the theme for the album. Working with the gods. No, I mean, well, the, the thing the thing with that is. Uh, um, we don't perversely make records that are weird. We make records that we like. And we don't, it's not that we don't care what people think. It's that I don't make records with that in mind. Like, what will people like? Oh, my God. I really want to make sure that I'm wearing the right pants. I'm doing all the right things. I'm not in high school. You know, you know? Right. I'm not trying to join a social club. You know, it's just, it's just like uh, I'm trying to get rid of a social disease. No, no. Um, uh, um, uh, I, I, uh, we make records that we would like as fans, things that we would appreciate. You know, that's how we approach all this stuff. And people take it as this attitude of, well, they just don't care what anyone thinks. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. It's not that we don't care. We care, uh, we care a tremendous amount about what we think would be good. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, beyond belief how much we worry about that. We think it's good. We didn't think it was good. We wouldn't put it on the record. I don't nope. spend... That, I mean, like a song like uh, Fuck Around, people listen to that and blow it off. It's like, okay, that was the hardest song to record on the whole fucking record. Yeah, <laughs> it took us so fucking long to do that. All the vocal harmonies, I mean, it took us a long time to get that. That was just us. We didn't bring in studio people to do all that. That was all us. It took a long time to record, and we were very, very proud of it, even though it's funny, you know. Or like the uh, Harry Nilsson cover, Fuck You, that's a, you know, a tremendously well-recorded song and people want to think that's a joke it's like i don't spend that much time on jokes <laughs> you know I just well, don't. so you, you don't um uh, you say that you don't um you know make music uh to you don't necessarily give people what they want to hear you're making music you like i've read uh yeah. i feel like i read an article a long time ago um 
And when I say article, Lord knows where it was. It was probably, it was probably print or something. Uh, but in any case, it was basically talking about how Melvin's would consciously uh, needle. This is more of a live show thing than recordings, but uh, would needle the audience a bit by, let's say you had a, um, you know, a testosterone cloud crowd that wanted to mosh or, you know, get physical you would tend to play more slowly and uh, <laughs> less aggressively. And if you had a, uh, let's say, a fan, uh, uh, um, an audience that, that wasn't accustomed to that kind of thing, that you would intentionally play heavier and louder. I, I read this, you know, article, and now I can't recall if it was an interview with you where you admitted as much or this was someone's assessment having uh, studied Melvin's. Oh, well, we've done thousands of shows, so um, I'm sure that you're right about some amount of those, but the vast majority of them, that's not what we do. Okay. You know? um, uh, I, I know there's instances that we've had almost riots happening while we were playing as just as a result of simply the way we sound. That's it. So, um, yeah, we've dealt with that a lot. And I'm not, it's, I'm not, I'm not uh, afraid of dealing with that. It gets tiresome after a while. I'm trying to sell the band that way to an audience who couldn't give a shit. Um, uh, and at this point I would only do a tour like that if I was getting paid a huge amount of money to do it, you know, where I was like, are you going to go out there and you're going to battle with these assholes every single night? Okay. Well, I'll need to be financially compensated for that. And that's probably not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen. So we don't get a lot of those kinds of offers, you know, right. If we went out and opened for, I don't know who, some big band, I don't know who, you know, um, we've had a lot of bad situations like that happening. I mean, uh, uh, in the past, especially when we opened for other bands. Now, lately, in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, when we've done that kind of thing, we haven't had that be the case, really. Not much. Like, we did a whole tour with that band down, yes. and I expected them, their audience to just hate our guts. It wasn't the case. They were fine. They were fine with it. They liked yeah. it. So yeah. that was kind I, of surprising. I would think that audience, you know, would be receptive to Melvin's. And a lot, and the age group and the... You know, just that if even if they don't like Melvin's, you're one of those bands that gets accorded a great deal of respect, I would think. Much so more, you know, in recent years than perhaps in the the 90s. Uh, I happened to see you guys on when I was young, uh, OzFest. Uh, this is okay. 98 ish. And, and I, I remember seeing you and my I, the only thing I remember because I don't remember a lot. Where was that? day this was in uh i think it would have been camden ish new jersey oh that was the first show we played on Ozfest. okay i remember it being terribly loud not terribly in a bad way just you guys melvin seemed louder than everyone else which i'm happy for but i assume that that tour uh you guys you ran into a lot of you know the the unhappy drunk people who wanted to see i don't know spine shank or something and <laughs> they had to sit through melvin's uh, or maybe not the, i don't uh, remember what the audience was like frankly we did okay on that tour the problem was uh, uh they had a rotating thing where all the bands in the second stage had to rotate one day you opened one day you played blast you know one day you played sometime in the middle so so, so, so for some of the bands um, we were more of an established band on the second stage, us and Motorhead. Right. Um, Motorhead, I think, played last every night, now that I think about it. Um, that makes but sense. the other bands um, rotated. And so we were more of an established band. So if we were playing first, some days it would be an audience for us and then nobody until Motorhead played. Yeah, I was no. looking back through that lineup because, I again, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember Tool playing on the main stage, and I remember <laughs> seeing Megadeth and, but, and Soulfly. The, the, honestly... Those three bands and you guys, that's, those are the only four bands I remember. But I, I revisited the second stage, again, via Wikipedia, so could all be bunk. But uh, System of a Down was there and Incubus yep. and yep. Life of Agony yep. and, and a couple of new metal, you know, Snot and Ultras Bank. Kilgore. Kilgore. Yeah, that's here. Um, uh, that just seems, I don't know, it seems like a recipe for and another real weirdness. The Voodoo Machine. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're on here. And another band called Tempal or Temple. I, I don't even know who that is. They must have been they must have been on the first part of the tour. Because I okay. we were only did the second part. Okay. Actually uh-huh. we did the second part, we did the first part. I don't know which, you know. But so, we only did 
Has anybody ever asked you in your entire life, and this is not a question for me, I'm just curious because there's so many stupid people out there, if there was any relation between you and Ozzy Osbourne? There's absolutely nothing between me and Ozzy Osbourne. There's absolutely nothing between me and the Ostfest people at all because Ostfest did not want us on the tour. They said, we do not want the Melvins to be on this tour huh. for whatever reason, you know, Never not, so, out why. not for anything we'd ever done, you know, um, and if the Melvins and, and, and the only reason we were on it was because Tool wanted us on it. And there's a direct quote from Tool, which is, we want at least one band on this tour that we can stand. <laughs> was it, do you think it has anything to do with, um, I don't want to say you guys sound alike, but like you got like Sabbath and the Melvins kind of are usually in the same ballpark as far as sound and like what they sound like. Do you think maybe that was part of why they didn't want it? Maybe. No, they, could, they wouldn't have a clue what we sound like. There's no fucking possible way they could have ever heard our band. There's just no way. It has nothing to do with that and everything to do with the fact that they didn't like getting told mm. by tool that we were going to do the tour. They didn't like it. And so they turned into monstrous fucking assholes for the entire trip. And, and, and the way it worked with us and what our saving grace was, we were traveling with Tool. Our stuff was on their bus, on their trailers, and all that kind of stuff. So, and they we were playing. Fuck with you. What was that? They couldn't fuck with you then. They couldn't do anything. And then uh, they, we, uh, uh, we also played all, of tool, all the off dates on Ostras. We played headline Tool shows, opening for Tool. So it was great. And, uh, um, they just said they're they're going, and then Oscar says, "Okay, well, we're not paying them to do it." Yes, yes, you are paying them to do it, <laughs> and so wow. they were made to do that. And so they were extreme assholes, extreme. They are some of the worst fucking assholes I have ever ever had to deal with on tour. The worst. Are, are you speaking? Worst, to, uh, are you? Have you met Osborne or Ozzy personally? Are you? Are you Ozzie. saying personally Ozzie. or just the Ozfest? Uh, promotion people the Ozfest in general from the head the head person on down you know everybody involved in that tour were a bunch of fucking dicks to us because they didn't want us there they felt like they were getting railroaded into having us there it's like you don't want us there but you want Limp Biscuit there okay got it you know, gotcha. I would have loved you know? that Ozfest and then it's all bands you know bands that they were managing or whatever or somehow were kissing their ass and I couldn't fucking give a shit about kissing their ass. I would never do it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it no matter what. Now, Ozzy was completely out of it. I mean, he didn't know where he was. Yeah. Like, he, had, he had no concept of where he was on any given day on that tour. He was never there. And they would roll him up and he would literally get carried into the backstage. And then when... Uh, He'd go into the backstage because we had all access passes. Unlike the rest of the bands in the second stage, we had all access passes because we had to be wherever Tool was because we were traveling with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so we 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 got to go where Tool made sure that we got those passes. So the other bands, the other bands don't even get all access passes. Not not second stage bands. They get to told the fuck off. <laughs> Hopefully, Lemmy Lemmy got a second stage or Lemmy, all access pass. I hope have cared less about being around. Right, there. him in. Um, catering a few times, but Lemmy wasn't overly nice either. Not at all. The guitar player was super nice in the band. I'm blanking on his name. Um, he was super nice. The drummer couldn't have cared less. The drummer walked in Motorhead, walked around almost every single day with a shirt that said, I'm here about the blow job. <laughs> yes. That's kind of where his head was at every single day. Head on. <laughs> um, but uh, that's where he was at every single day, pretty much. He could not have given a fuck about us at all. The guitar player was super nice. He was an English guy. The um, the drummer, I believe, is from Copen- Copenhagen, I think. I think he used to play in um, King Diamond's band, I believe. And yeah, they were good. Motorhead was good. Names. Uh, Motorhead played uh, probably a 35-minute set every night, and it was ripping every single day. And so that was fun to see him. But, but Lemmy was not over, overly nice at all. And I think about that now. And uh, I'm, about, I'm about the same age, I guess somewhere around the same age he would have been then. And I would never be that fucked to anyone, even if I didn't <laughs> like their band. You know, I wouldn't be that much of an asshole to anybody. I, I, do, wouldn't, wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it. Um, uh, I'm not that kind of a guy. 
You know, I mean, I know how hard it is for bands out there. Let me, believe it or not, Gene Simmons said something to me that was really crazy. He said, I'm nice to everybody because I never know what's going to happen with these people. You know, I don't want to be known as the fucking asshole of the century to some kid who's coming up in a young band and then have them shit talk me for the rest of the I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And so touring with Kiss versus touring with Ostras was like the difference between being on a sinking ship and being on, uh, you know, the QE2. You know, Kiss was fucking amazing to us, which makes me hate people like the Ostras people even more. Yeah. Because Kiss to me are... Big rock stars. That's what they are. Traditional big rock stars. That's what, exactly what they are. So millions and millions of records are loved all over the world and have been forever. And they don't need to be nice to me. And they were. Gene, well, Gene and Paul. The other two guys are pretty, were pretty spaced out. But um, Gene and Paul were, could not have been nicer. And so if they can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. You know? And so I have very little patience for that sort of thing. Now, almost zero patience for it. It's like, you don't have to treat me like an asshole. You can, you can not like my band, that's fine. But treating me like I'm a fucking scumbag ass, fuck you. I'm just, I don't have to put up with it. And I don't care about what you can do for my career. Or anything. Fuck you. If what it takes is kissing your ass, I'd rather work at, I'd rather work at Home Depot, you know? Yeah, than- and that's, that's one of the reasons that uh, Melvin's is so respected. Because everybody kind of uh, knows you don't uh, suffer fools or egos. No, not, not too quick. But the thing that's funny about that is since I haven't had massive – because I've never – first off, I've never shut up about what I thought about Ostest. I always said, fuck that. Those guys are a bunch of fucking dicks. I've always said it from the, from the day one. And what it's turned into – or people would ask me stuff like, what do you think about you know, Ozzy? Well, Ozzy was walking around looking to me like in a drunken or drugged-up stupor. Like he had no concept of where he even was. I don't even think he was 50 at that point. You know, like he had no concept of where he even was. And so then people turn that into this thing. How can you say anything about these people? You know, and it's because I've never sold millions of records. So they, they, they put it into that. I am jealous of these people. Like I would be jealous of a guy who can't even remember his birthday. <laughs> it's like, forget it. You know what I mean? He has no concept of when, when you know, what day it is. You know, I, I don't remember. I, I can remember my birthday. I don't remember what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, as we've already discussed. But, but you know, I can drive a car without fear of you know getting in a car accident. I can do all kinds of things that I'm sure Ozzy can't do, and I'm not jealous of that. If I, have, I would be jealous of, of being uh, uh, Ozzy married to Sharon in that whole situation. I, I, I couldn't imagine anything worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you, so you're married. I've been in a marriage for 28 years. 27, 27, 28 years. I know what a real marriage is. I know what a real relationship is like. I would not trade that to be in their position. You know, there's no fucking way I would ever do that. You know, I got a woman. I got her back. She's got mine. It's all good. I know the difference. I'm an adult. I know how things work. So you can't fool me with this bullshit. But people want to do that. Since you're not famous, you're just jealous of these people. You know, since you're not you know, super rich, haven't sold millions of records, or the one I love the most, until he sold as many records as Ozzy, you can't say anything about it. Oh, really? Did you just make that rule up? You know? Oh, that's great. So he's beyond reproach. Yeah. You know, so is Sharon. Until I'm as successful as them, I can't say a thing. Well, they've certainly had no problem shit-talking whoever they wanted. Yeah, know? yeah. And doing all kinds of horrible shit to people like me for no reason at all. So fuck them, you know? Fuck them. <laughs> So and the best of all that is on that tour were all those fucking kids who uh, I couldn't stand. They're horrible. Like the, the Jack was like eleven. He was just a fucking asshole. You know, he was like a miniature version of Alex from the Clockwork Orange, basically. You know, and I would have drowned him in a bathtub if that was my kid. Wow. No fucking that. I would have fucking killed him. You know, but they had an older daughter who. Looked like she was on the verge of killing herself all the time. And then when the Oz Fest or the Oz Ozzy show, whatever it was, that show, the Oz show. The one who wouldn't be on it. Wouldn't be on it. And she Amy, said, we, I we knew it because she was the only one that looked like she had half a fucking brain. Yeah. I'm not going to be involved in this circus. Forget it. <laughs> right. Well, right. You've, uh, you've met a ton of legends and uh, Lord knows how many uh, superstars. Have you ever been, you know, surprisingly starstruck by someone you've met? 
Oh, let me think. No, he has um, casual conversations with Gene Simmons. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How, what 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 kind of makes Buzz? Uh, you know, wow. I'm talking uh, whoever. When I met the guys in the Damned. Okay. That was cool. I mean, Captain Sensible and Dave Vanian, who could not have been nicer. Um, when I met those guys, that was pretty thrilling. Because um, I've been such a monstrous fan of that stuff since the '70s. You know, just yeah. oh my god. If you'd have told me that I would be curating a, a show, the ATP show, that and we would get the dam to play and they would do it and because we wanted them to do it, I would never have believed you. You know, if you'd have told me when I was 12 years old that someday not only will you meet Gene Simmons, you'll actually do your band will play shows with kids. I would never have believed it. Yeah. You know, that was just that's beyond belief. But you know, I'm not a um I'm trying to think if there's anybody that was I was tremendously awestruck by. Um uh Rick Nielsen, Jeep Trick was really nice. Super nice. And that was fun. He's yeah. got, you know, what was really fun was stand on the side of the stage while they were playing with his guitar tech. And every time he there was a break, he'd come over and tell me all about the history of the guitar that he was playing. Wow. This is a 1956, blah, 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 blah. And it was fucking amazing. I loved it. I love shit like that. That was really cool. So things like that are pretty cool. Um I uh, uh, met a couple people that I thought were was pretty was pretty amazing, like uh, um, Jim Brown, a football player. He's not a rock guy, but that 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 was cool, you know, because he's arguably in some circles the greatest football player of all time mm-hmm. yeah. in the Hall of Famer. And then to get to uh, get to hang around with him and then ask him questions, you know, where where did you hang out with Jim Brown? How's that <laughs> golf? You know, okay. And I played, you're not going to believe this, but I played many, many, many rounds with Jim Brown on muni courses in Los Angeles, not country club bullshit. You can't stand that stuff. Neither can I, you know? And so I got to talk with him one-on-one for long periods of time about all kinds of questions. And, and the thing is, is sitting there thinking, you know, okay, when is the next time you're going to get to have talk about, talk about, you know, sports strategy or how you think with a guy who's arguably the greatest football player of all time, Hall of Famer. You know, for sure. And I go, well, how much? I'd ask him a question like, for instance, I'd go, well, how much of what you did was mental? You know, and he goes, 75 to 95%, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And I really like, well, what are you talking about? You know, he goes, well, lots of guys are big and big and fast. Lots. Because there's tons of those guys. He goes, it takes a mental edge to make you a champion. Makes sense. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, no one is going to out practice me no one was going to outthink me this is stuff like that and you listen to that and then it's like you're, you're realizing these are life lessons yeah they're not just about you know well i was you know really fast no 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 There's, it's a strategy and a way that you think about it and and so then i will go well, what do you mean by mental you know you know what did you mean what do you mean he goes well um when i when i got tackled i would lay on the ground until i watch until everybody else got up then i would get up and I go, oh, because you were resting. He goes, no, 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 no. Because then when I needed to get up slow, I didn't look any different. Mm. And so I looked like I was invincible. <laughs> so that's that's wow, yeah, that's some real mind game stuff. Right. You know, and so it's like, it's like that's the kind of thing. I think that's, that's a really brilliant thing to think about, especially no one will practice me, no one will thank me. It's like, that's it. That's it. You can put that, that kind of thing to so many parts of your life if you think about it in the right terms. It's like, right, you know, yeah. get out thought, don't get out practiced. If you don't like what you're doing, practice more, you know? <laughs> it's like, I would see Jim at a, a, a driving range near my house. It's just a dumpy little driving range. He'd be there all the time because it was the closest one to his house. <laughs> you know, there he is hitting balls, hitting balls, hitting balls. It's one of the most outrageously competitive people I've ever been around. That is built into these guys. It's not a mistake why they're, why they're good, you know? It's not a mistake why he did what he did. It's because he's driven. He's a monster, you know, when it comes to that kind of thing. He's one of the most brilliant strategists I've ever seen. He's not doesn't miss anything. I was like, that's a guy that you can learn so much from. That it's just it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant to be around him. And I want to know more about that kind of stuff. And I want to be around him. And I'm not going to learn that from Ozzy. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I I suspect you're correct. I I have this vague memory of watching. <laughs> 
uh, MTV once upon a time because uh, I haven't watched it in 20 years. But they were doing a feature on some supermodel or something. And they filmed her and she walked over to her stereo and said something like, you know, I need motivation music. And she loudly put on Honey Bucket, I think. And I remember watching at the time and just being like, what the fuck? I mean, that's awesome. But and I wish I remembered who it was because I can't. Uh, but have you ever, uh, you know, encountered someone that turned out to actually be a Melvin's fan that was just like, uh, you know, kind of blew your mind? A fan in an unexpected place. Yeah, Greg Gutfeld from Fox News. Okay, yeah, he seems that to be guy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a surprise metalhead of some sort. Yeah, he's a total metalhead, and as it turns out, um, he's just a big music fan in general. You know, and I don't watch TV. You know, I don't. I don't have any idea what's on TV. I haven't watched TV since I left my parents' house in the early '80s. I don't have any <laughs> idea what's on it. I've never seen Fox News. I've never seen his show. You know, but I've been on his show before. The, the, um, but he he had a lot of rock people on there and various other people on there. And he's just a big music fan and um, was a huge fan of ours. Huge fan. And that's enough, as far as I'm concerned. You know, as far as like the he's what what people think politically i try not to let that get in the way of of what uh what i think about that person that's not how i decide what people are i don't don't measure people by that you know and so as far as like what greg says i mean in my conversations with him I, i i tend to think he's a good guy you know and the rest of it i think i i'm not gonna listen to anybody else's bullshit about that it's like, whatever. I have my own experience with him that you don't have, yeah. you know, whoever these people are. And so you can think what you want to as a critic of Fox News, but I'm not a critic of Fox News because I don't watch Fox News, you know. So uh, as far as me being able to you know, pinpoint exactly what all that kind of stuff is, I, I don't go down that road, nor am I going to. And if you, if you tell me, like, I don't know who you are, either one of you, I have no idea who you are. I don't know what you think. I don't know what your political motivations are. I don't know if you've ever been arrested for drug charges or children in the past. I have no idea. Or maybe you're closet Nazis. I have no idea, but nonetheless, here I am anyway. Yep. Why? Nice. Don't go background check on people. Are you fucking kidding me? That's not how I judge people. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And you know? I remember you taking some heat for the, uh, the vice thing a few years back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, up. That, that's what happens now. People dig stuff up like that. That was years ago. And and here I am doing an interview with a guy I thought was, uh, who was the guy who started Vice. It was like, yeah, do you want to do this? Right. Yeah, sure. I'll do it. You know, and they start talking about all kinds of stuff. And then I get heat because they say stuff like, well, you said Nazis were socialists. No, they said they were socialists. <laughs> it's National yep. Socialist Party. I didn't say they were socialists, you know? Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. And I don't think, I mean... No reasonable person, huh? no reasonable person can, uh, in, in my opinion, can uh, uh, bear, uh, you know, shed any resp- or put any responsibility upon to you for doing an interview with someone. Because as you said, what what are you supposed to do a background check on the hundreds of people who interview you every year? It's it's a it's a non-starter. You Even might as well had, just not be interviewed. If I had, I probably still would have done it. You know, because had I known all that stuff, whatever it is, whatever it is, because I still to this day, I, don't, I didn't research. I don't written research. I couldn't care less. You know, well, did you research? Research what? You know, what am I going to look? Wikipedia? Well, we all know what good that is. You know, it's like, where exactly am I going to find out the truth about this guy from you, him, from her? Uh, you know, that's just bullshit. I don't make my decisions like that. I don't base them on that. Like, let's say me and you were friends. We're really good friends. And you told me something like, you know, um, sometimes I think that maybe it would be cool to molest a kid. You know, I go, you know, thinking you want to molest a kid is one thing. But if you if you get to the point of doing it, then you're somebody's going to kill you. You know, and that's one of the worst things you could possibly do. Thinking it is not a crime. Doing it is a crime. You know, there's a big difference. So there's a lot of things that I can do. If I knew someone, I could talk to them. There's no reason to believe I could influence them, regardless of what they thought politically. You know what I mean? 
Or what? Right. So, but so if I'm thinking about molesting a child, I don't think you should do it. I think you should seek personal help. Does that mean I should never talk to them again? You know what yep. I mean? That so doesn't if make you sense. If, if you had known about the vice guy beforehand, so basically the tenor of the interview, the content of the interview probably would have been completely different. Could have been. There's no reason to believe that I couldn't, I couldn't influence anyone. Yep. No reason to believe it. You know, if people want to go, you're guilty by association. Association with what? You know, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? And then, and then the best part was, well, he's one of the Proud Boys. I remember this was recently. I go, who the fuck are the Proud Boys? I yeah, I, I had never heard of them prior to, prior to you know, two years ago. He started this. Okay, I'll take your word for it. You know, I'm not going to look. I don't give a shit. No. <laughs> Proud Boys. I, and the funny thing is, is from that, then people will go, will you support Trump? I've never supported Trump. I've never said a fucking word about supporting Trump, ever. I've never said that. I've also never said a word about supporting Biden. Never. And they go, well, did you vote for Trump? No. Did you vote Did you vote for Biden? No. Who did you vote for? None of your fucking business. <laughs> you know? But I didn't vote for either one of them. There. Are you satisfied? Well, you're a Trump supporter. Okay, I'm a Trump supporter. I've never fucking, you know what I mean? That's just fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I am a pro-gun, pro-abortion, pro-drugs, Pro, you know, it's like, what party speaks for me? <laughs> you know, are you Good fucking point. kidding me? Yeah. Both parties have things I disagree with and, and agree with. I can't be bothered with something that trivial. Fuck, partisan politics are for plebes. I totally agree. Fuck the divide all. and conquer bullshit that I cannot get involved in. I don't have time for that bullshit. What is the difference? There's no difference. If you came down from planet from another planet and said, look at these two political parties. They'd stare at you. What two political parties? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's virtually identical. Yeah. You know? One party of dumbassery. For a guy like me, there is no difference. None. You know? And so you just try to do the best that you can. That's all you can do. And so and I, I'm a artisan, you know, musician. And and so why are people so concerned about my opinions about this kind of stuff? It doesn't make sense. If you want to base your political opinions on TV, people like Greg Gutfeld or whoever it is, you know, I, I'd like to think that you would look a little deeper than that on your own to figure out what it is you like. But I personally like Greg Gutfeld. I like him on a personal level, and I think Greg's a good guy. You know, and, and, th- that, and if people want to get pissed off at me about that kind of thing, that's just too bad. On a personal level, I like Greg Gutfeld a great deal. Well, I think people like to know they people like to ask your opinion because you're, um, because you're candid, and uh, a lot of people in your position aren't, and because you know the way society is now, for the reasons we've just discussed, they're terribly guarded, and you really never find out what the person's truly thinking, and you're one of the yeah. few people that seem to communicate that. So uh, well, it makes crazy. sense that people want to ask you what you well, think. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at like like what's been going on in the last year, it's like, you know, well, I don't like the police and I don't like the protesters. So what yeah. side am I on? Whose side am I on? I hear you. You know? So uh, am I pro-police? No. Am I pro-protesters? No, I'm not. So, so what side am I on? Well, then uh, by not being a part of it, then you're being then you're supporting the other side. No, I'm not. I'm not supporting the other side. I just said I didn't, you know, and just because you yell and scream and go through a bullhorn and march in the street in actuality doesn't give you more rights over people who don't, you know, you just, you're just acting like a five-year-old, like a little brat out there because you think that's how you get things done. In my world, that's not how, that's not how it works. You know, you don't get to go smash shit up every time you're upset about stuff. You don't get to. And cops, just because you're a cop doesn't mean you can go out and kill people. No. Doesn't give you the right to do that. Certain, certain, certain situations it does, but I've never had a good experience with police ever. When they pull me over, they're almost always assholes to me. Almost always, and I have had guns drawn on me many, many times by the cops. Many times for absolutely no reason. Do you think things would be different if you didn't have that hair? I don't know. You know, white people. I feel, I feel like to a cop, you know, that hair right there, it, it, it shakes them to their core. <laughs> it could be, but you know, I haven't noticed the Mexican drug cartel with hair like mine. 
Did Ted Bundy have a haircut like mine? Not to, not to my knowledge. I don't even think the, 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 the Night Stalker had a haircut like mine. So who exactly <laughs> are they targeting? Charles Manson looked more, more, more uh, conservative than I do. <laughs> that, may be why they're, that may be why they're so worried. Maybe, but I mean, Jesus, do they think I dress up like this to go shoplifting? <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? You know, it's just crazy. The whole thing is crazy. Oh, look, cops are just doing their job, whatever it is. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. I don't have to. I don't, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not on either side. I see the points of both, but I'm not on either side. So then there it is. Where, where do I stand? I'm not for protesting. I don't care if it's Proud Boys or if it's BLM or who it is. I'm not into it. I think yeah. things done on a better level than that. You know, destroying everything or attacking the Capitol. I'm not into any of it. Any you'd rather it. be you'd rather be golfing with Jim Brown, and I can't can blame you. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather. I don't want to join any. I don't want to be part of anything. It's like Bob Dylan said something in the '60s in an interview I saw where they were like, you know, there's going to be a big Vietnam protest tonight. You're going to go? He goes, no. Why? He goes, because I'm going to be busy tonight. <laughs> That's right. That's the answer. I'm going to be busy tonight. I'm not a joiner in I'm not. I'm a groucho Marxist. I don't want to belong to any club that will have me as a member. I don't want to belong. I just don't want to do it. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, yeah. it makes me uncomfortable. I think you should you should be a law-abiding citizen and not do things to hurt people. I, I think that's okay. That's why I would make drugs legal because then that cuts out all the drug cartels of any kind. It's done. And I would personally rather, if people are going to shoot heroin, I'd rather have it be from DuPont, heroin from DuPont, than something that came across the border in somebody's ass. Yeah. <laughs> personally, that's just yeah. me. You know, and no, the blood. You're not alone there. Poppy fields, I have no interest. So that's where I'm at. So people want to take that as me being some hardcore conservative or some Fox News loving thing. Okay, so be it. I don't see it that way. You know, if they want to, I can't win no matter what I do. And same with the music. I mean, we make music that we like, that we appreciate as fans and then put it out there in the world and let that kind of thing happen. You know, I mean, um, that's all I can do. And that, that's my job. And um, um, that's what I want to do. And uh, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm honor, honoring how, how I got started in the beginning, which was I saw music in a different light than most of the people around me. And as a result of that light and me pursuing that, it changed music on a global level. You know, it gave bands like Soundgarden and Nirvana and people like that, they got huge, a different perspective on what they wanted to do. Turning that idea into something that was a massive thing, whether people understand that or not. You know, that's, that I'm very proud of. Now that doesn't make me a lot of money and it doesn't, don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. But what it does is it lets me know that I wasn't wrong. You know, your, your instincts were correct. And so I've tried to stick to that, you know, stick to those original instincts. You weren't wrong then. You're not wrong now. You know, you just have to plant the flag and let people gather around it. That's it. That's all you can do. doesn't always work, but that's okay, you know. That's almost, uh, I feel like we should end it there because I think you summed up everything you're about pretty nicely. And I... Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Thanks for letting. Me talk. I dig it. I mean, there <laughs> yeah. there are definitely a million things that we could probably continue talking about for hours and hours because yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously, you have a, a long, long, long and deep history in music and just yeah. and, and just music alone. I mean, I have so many other questions about just the Jim Brown and the Tool situation that we could go on for another hour, but unfortunately, we have other things scheduled today, <laughs> so we can't. But. Well, I would love to have we would love to have you on again, uh, Buzz. That's why that's why I want to stop it here because I feel like I'll just get started down another. Table oh yeah, and yeah, we'll, and, it's... and then suddenly we'll have taken up Buzz's whole day, and I don't want to do that. Um, but we definitely appreciate your generous time here, man. Yeah, no, it's eight a.m. where I'm at, so it, doesn't, it was. You know, so it's not a not a big deal. Sorry, I was late. No, you were no, more. No, no, no. By all means, it's okay. We're going to be late for the next one, and it's just going to have to happen that way. But it's well worth it. And again, uh, Buzz, I'm sure we would love we we definitely want to have you back on. So we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reach out again. And uh, again, thanks for thanks for coming, man. Anytime you want, that's fine with me. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate the interest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then if you if you haven't heard one of the 20 plus albums, definitely check out Working with the Gods. It came out on Epic Hack. Uh, you can currently listen to a couple of the tracks actually on the 
Lamb Goat Spotify monthly playlist. Uh, I think the cover that you mentioned, uh, "Fuck You," was on there, so that's definitely a good a good track. And I definitely love the uh, the fuck around song. It has like a nice, you know, surfer California fifties vibe. So it, it was very interesting. All right, All right. awesome. Thanks, Buzz. Thank you. Take it easy. You too. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.